Hello, welcome to the first episode of the new podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network, entitled She-Hulk, Avenger of the Law. Uh, it is a podcast on the weekly television series She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, uh, on Disney+, Plus, based off the Marvel character She-Hulk, which originated back in the late 70s. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I am fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Doing good. A little tired from our weekend, but had a great time. Yes, yes. Well, we'll talk a little about that uh, at the end of this episode here, what you, you refer to, as well as the other podcasts on the network. And uh, from Alberta, Canada. Hey, everyone, it's Sean. I hope you're all doing well. Indeed, indeed. And hopefully you too, Sean. Hopefully you as well. Not melting, um, so I'll take that. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So uh, for folks who are curious about uh, who we are, uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It's a network of... Uh, uh, well, it's a, it's a website, uh, a bunch of news articles and release notices, and then we have a bunch of podcasts as well, including uh, this podcast here. Uh, this podcast here can be found at uh, a couple of places. It can be found on darkdiscussions.com. Every, every podcast of this podcast will be on that website, uh, but we also have it on uh, She-Hulk, Avenger of the Law, uh, podcast feed, which can be found anywhere podcasts are found. And then, of course, you can find it on the Dark Discussions podcast feed, which is the main podcast of Dark Discussions uh, Network. And it also includes uh, all the podcasts that the co-hosts, the regular co-hosts on the Dark Discussions podcast may happen to be on. And uh, uh, myself, and Mike and Barrett are regulars on the Dark Discussions podcast, which is a weekly podcast that discusses uh, genre cinema. And then Sean uh, is a contributor uh, for a number of podcasts, including Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, as well as this podcast, as well as the Game of Thrones podcast that we are about to start based off of the new HBO series. And then um, he is uh, guest co-hosted on the Dark Discussions podcast as well. Uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or email us through the website, darkdiscussions.com, and choose Contact Us on the menu item. That I just open the menu at the top of any page, and you'll see the Contact Us. It opens up a box, and you can fill in that box, and it will send an email to us. Simply put in She-Hulk in the subject, and we'll know your message is for this podcast specifically. And if you uh, want to uh, give your thoughts, uh, we will read your email on this podcast. Um, so uh, we are always looking for emails. We also uh, have Patreon where you can donate to the podcast. Uh, we're uh, using our own uh, time, and we have a number of expenses, including the hosting fees. And even though uh, we're doing this for our own enjoyment, uh, any um, donations to uh, the podcast are greatly appreciated simply because of uh, the expense that the enjoyment, uh, unfortunately, um, comes from our pocket because uh, even doing fun things sometimes costs money. Uh, and you can donate through patreon.com backslash dark discussions or just go to the 
uh, Patreon link on the website, darkdiscussions.com, which you can find on any page on the right of the site. Um, all right. So, uh, Mike, what, what's, what's this uh, podcast all about? Uh, I mentioned that we're going to be talking about uh, She-Hulk attorney at law, but, but what, what do we usually do on these TV uh, podcasts? So, so what, what's, what's going on here? Well, we mostly gave you a hard time. Uh, but in between doing that, we discuss uh, whatever the medium is, the show, the movie that is the subject. And in this case, it happens to be, surprise, She-Hulk, the new uh, Marvel TV series. And um, yeah, so we're going to dive into it, discuss the, what, the, the, what it is, what happens in it, what it means, where it's going. And maybe somewhere in there is squeezing an opinion or two about whether we like it or not. Indeed, indeed, and uh, we'll come be coming out pretty much um, m- almost every Monday, unless there, there's a holiday that's involved, which pushes it back to a Tuesday. Um, and uh, it'll come out to talk about each specific episode of the television series. Uh, right now, if we look at uh, the She-Hulk, uh, it is supposed to run nine episodes from August 18th to October 13th, 2022. Uh, today is August 21st, 2022. And so our episodes will come out four to five days after the the television episode airs and each episode will talk specifically about that one episode and add things about the series or the comic or whatever um or thoughts that uh may come into the specific episode so if if something related to episode one is important for episode five you know we may go back and talk a little bit uh, during each episode about uh prior episodes too here and there um the show is uh created by someone named jessica gow um it's based off the marvel comic obviously um the executive producer is uh uh kevin fage uh louis kevin feige phil feige feige yep uh producer melissa hunter um, and the show stars uh, Tatiana Maslany, uh, among other folks who uh, haven't really appeared yet on on episodes. So we'll get into those people probably in future episodes. Though we did see Mark Ruffalo, who was listed as a guest star in the credits for this episode here, which is episode one, entitled "A Normal Amount of Rage," directed by Cat. Corero and written by Jessica Gao, uh, released August 18th, 2022. Uh, there won't be any numbers uh, for viewership because Disney just does not give that information. Um, all right. So anything else we want to be uh, generic stuff we want to talk about before we give our thoughts about the first episode and then discuss the first episode. Anybody have anything to say? Anything I say might spoilerize it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, so what, the what we'll only do... thing I might say, oh sorry. Yep, please go. Was just quickly is that I'm sure everyone has heard it or seen it. The complaints about the CGI, it's not that terrible. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, talk about. Have... Yeah, we should spend a little time well, on that for oh, sure. Oh yeah, no, no, we're, we're gonna talk about some of the criticisms uh, prior to its release. 
um, and and whether some of them are valid or if they're just trolls or not. Some of them may be valid, some of them may not. It depends on perspective. I, I heard an excellent perspective that was was surprising, but it actually made sense. And I was like, oh, that's actually a, a really really good point. However, uh, that that did not uh, upset my enjoyment of of the episode. Uh, so uh, let's go around and discuss uh, how we heard about this. And what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with. Well, I, I you know, I'll, I'll just start because my my experience was was very interesting. I, I've been a, a big fan of She Hulk, um, especially the past year. I mean, I was a fan of her when I was a kid and stuff. Um, and I had a bunch of her comic books, like I had a bunch of raw comic books. But uh, when I started working out, uh, I started about uh, August of last year, twenty twenty one. And I upgraded a bunch of my T-shirts, and so I got um, a bunch of uh, various characters and stuff from anime and comics and whatever. And uh, one of the ones that I, I focused on, uh, because I again, um, as a ch- in my childhood, I enjoyed the comic, um, was She-Hulk, uh, because She-Hulk, you know, is muscular. She's strong. She's um, and, and also she's, she's, uh, not as well known as the, the, the Hulk himself. So, uh, I always like to be, uh, eccentrically different sometimes too. And again, I, I like I said, she Hulk was one of my favorite characters as a kid. So it wasn't like the Hulk was, you know, I, I liked the thing and stuff like that. And again, that had something to do with fantastic four. The thing was my favorite character as a kid. Um, and so, as Sean mentioned offline, the She-Hulk, or, or just mentioned when, yeah, it was offline, that the She-Hulk had some relations to that, and so she became one of my favorite characters, too. And um, then out of the blue, I found out there was going to be a She-Hulk show about maybe three months ago, so I didn't even know the She-Hulk was even coming out um, until, like, three months ago, and I was wearing She-Hulk shirts for the past 12 months um, without even knowing that uh, I was ahead of the curve in a sense. Um, and actually that's what I'm wearing right now is she hoax uh, shirt. Um, and so, um, I was kind of excited about it and I brought it up as maybe if we want to do a show podcast show on it and discuss it and everybody here agreed. Uh, we do have a couple other co-hosts that may join us. Uh, Kevin Letts will be joining us uh, weekly and then, uh, Leo pond will join us, uh, every so often when, when he's available. Uh, Kevin right now is uh, in an airport, so he was unable to attend. He may show up uh, on this episode later if he has time. Um, so, yeah, I, I watched the first episode. I heard some of the advanced things. Uh, I did see the trailer, and I unfortunately did read some of the um, things that the creators and directors and, and things said, um, because nowadays, you know, rather than just saying, just you know, uh, check out the show when it comes out and see what you think. Nowadays, people try uh, are very defensive. Uh, artists and creators are defensive, and they say things that can anger people even more instead of just saying, well, people will just have to see and find out. And so I, I didn't know what I was to expect. Um, and I did see the trail, and the trail seemed okay. I, I, I didn't have any issues with the CGI or anything or even – the things in the trailer that people were having problems with. Um, and then about three or four days ago, uh, a number of agencies, newspapers, et cetera, were able to see the first four episodes. And even though there was a, a review 
uh, I guess, blanket or, or blackout. You're not allowed to say embargo. thoughts. Embargo, thank you. Uh, they did say, the people who did see the four episodes, and it was a number of uh, like 200 or so, uh, most of them were saying, if not their review, their first feelings or first thoughts, and all of them were very positive. So I, I was uh, looking forward to it. So it came out on Thursday, as I said, the 18th, and I sat down with my six-year-old and eight-year-old uh, to watch it right after work. And um, yeah, I, I loved the episode. It was really good. Uh, this show is, was was really fun. It was really entertaining. Um, everything about it was was good. Um, I loved uh, the first episode, and any fears that I had are null and voided, at least for this episode. I, I'm pretty um, unbiased in the sense that I take each episode individually. So if there is a bad episode, I'll, obviously I'll, I'll unfortunately have to trash it. But but um, any, any worries I had is gone. And the, the, yeah, this was this was really good. I, I enjoyed it tremendously. Uh, let's go for you, Mike. Yeah, well, I knew about this because I'm a nerd. Um, and I've been a fan of She-Hulk going back to uh i knew of the character but he became a fan of the character during john burns run of the fantastic four back in the 1980s and uh if you were a comic fan and have never read those they're definitely worth looking at um but that pretty much reinvented the character uh and then he did his own run as a solo title and that really turned her into what i think most people are familiar with um so and I've seen all the other Marvel shows and I've enjoyed them all to some degree or another. Uh, but I always said that my threshold for enjoying anything superhero-y is really pretty low. It doesn't take a lot for me to enjoy it. Um, so I heard all the bad stuff. I've mentioned it on the podcast. In fact, that there were, this was getting some bad early buzz, but that seemed to have died down a bit. Maybe a lot was fixed in the, in the, in the, the edit or reshoots, or maybe that was just because of the CGI and you have the problem with fans, excuse me, complain about CGI months before something is released when it's clearly not finished yet. But again, for me as a horror fan, I've sat through so much truly horrible CGI and I grew up watching the incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno in a fright rig way to play the Hulk. It doesn't take much as long as you get a passable character on screen and uh, then I'm fine with it. And they certainly did at least that. Um, I, I don't need absolute perfection. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I don't, I wasn't blown away by it. It was a very, uh, uh, perfunctory episode, uh, in that it had a lot to do. And I think it did a lot of the laying the groundwork of the series that follows and I'm hoping now that they've done that, they can have a little bit more fun with the series because they got the stuff they needed to do out of the way. And if there's one problem I've had with some of these shows is that you'll spend like a whole season getting the origin story out of the way or, you know, and in this case, they didn't. They just one episode, the origin's done, ready to move on. So I'm really more excited for episode two, but we'll see what happens there. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Sean. Uh, so I'm a Marvel 
nerd of sorts as well. So I'd heard this coming down the pipe as part of like this, this current phase. Uh, I've never been a huge follower of She-Hulk, but I'm willing to embrace the stuff that they're throwing. Cause it's the same. I was never big into the Eternals or some of the other stuff that there's is being brought to the forefront. And admittedly, I look at like guardians of the galaxy in the comics. were not a list characters, but the, you know, James Gunn was able to make them mainstream and make them A-listers. So I figured that with everyone who seems to be involved, um, it's, they're going to do something cool and hopefully it just has a different feel from each of the other Marvel series. And based on the first episode, it had a different feel, which is cool for me. Um, I was looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with Hulk and Mark Ruffalo and whatever they're going to do uh, within the season. And again, like you guys had mentioned, you know, going for months of all these like crazy rantings and ravings about the terrible CGI and this and this, and, and like, it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, it's just very annoying because it detracts from you just being able to go into a show and just like, Hey, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Whatever. Right. When you've got all these or a group of people, it seems who are just so intent and just toxicity <laughs> before something's actually been out. Cause I doubt that any of these people that are doing a lot of the, the review bombings for like, all these different genre things have actually all seen them before they were actually released. It just seems to be, you, you just want to stir up negativity or something. But anyways, that was just, so aside from that, with the concern about with all these like bad reviews or whatever that were, or bad statements that were being made, it was nice to start seeing when people like you mentioned, Phil, had you actually got to see the first four episodes and like, we're saying, no, this is actually fun and they enjoyed it and they, you know, whatever. Then I'm like, okay, that's good because it kind of starts to balance some of that negativity from the other group. And then just watching the episode itself, I just, I thought it was a fun watch. And like when you're watching a show, that's if you can come out of it and said you had a, a fun time or enjoyable time, that's a win, isn't it? So I'm excited to see where they're going to take the, the rest of the episodes and I thought they did a pretty good job with the first one. And your enjoyment of this episode isn't because Titania Maslany is Canadian, is it? Uh, no, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 hurt it, it hurts a little. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. All right. That's fun. All right. So well played, go. though. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, now let's go with you, uh, Bert. Um, I really enjoyed this. I'm, you know, I knew this was coming out for a long time. I've got Disney Plus, and you know, I've seen all the advertisements for a long time. Um, I'm not a huge She-Hulk fan. I got to be honest. I don't really read many comics anymore. I this was, you know, something I did way back when I was younger. Um, so I'm not really up on all the stories, but I am into the cinematic mcu and the television mcu so i i like everything mostly that they've produced um and this is no exception i really enjoyed this first episode um i thought the acting was good um i have a 
tiny little niggle with the end of the episode that maybe you guys can set me straight on. So we'll talk about that when we're um, through to the spoilers part of it. Um, but I think it was fun. Like Mike, I think it was good that they got the origin story out of the way. One of the things that probably tires me out about the um, superhero genre in general is constantly getting origin stories, especially, you know, I don't know how many times we've seen Spider-Man's origin story, but it's been enough (laughs) or Batman. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not saying they can't do a better job, but you know, some of them were near perfect and you don't need to do the origin story again. So anyway, this was a really enjoyable show. This first episode, we'll see where it goes. Um, I thought the acting was great. So there you go. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so, uh, who folks are, uh, uh, curious, uh, we do have, a uh, the IMDB that basically says Jennifer Walters, who is, is the She-Hulk. Um, the character uh when she's not the she-hulk uh, jennifer walters navigates the complicated life of a single 30 something attorney who also happens to be a green six foot seven and super powered hulk now um i guess that's somewhat true um though uh you know again we've only seen one episode but it's it's a kind of a crappy uh summation because again um even though it talks about single 30 something attorney and uh complicated life and such um obviously the the reason most people are tuning in is because of the six foot seven inch super powered hulk um so i wish well, that... oh go, go on Mike. well i mean it is but that is like i said there's been a number of runs with this but there the uh the attorney part uh, has been a big part of that character, and it's the blending of the superhero and attorney. Yeah, it, it, it is a, is a big part of it. Where unlike say Daredevil, where once in a while they remember that he's a lawyer and they put it into the story. <laughs> um, my understanding, and I didn't read the run, but my understanding is the Dan, uh, Dan Slott, Peter David run in the early sometime in the two thousands. That was like a main focus of it was that whole blending of those two worlds, and the current run I think is more of a romantic comedy kind of run. So it's been different bits. There's been a lot of plays on it, and so it depends on who's a fan of the character and what iteration of the character. But it is a big part of who she is. You know, it's not like you know Clark Kent being a reporter, which is on the sidelines. Um, yeah, that, that is actually a fair point. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I guess what I meant, Mike, is maybe they, they they should have added one more sentence where that was the generic. As a superhero, she fights crime and blah blah blah. But you're right, you're right. It's it's um it's fine, I guess. Um, and based off of what you, your point is, uh, with the character and and um, what they emphasize emphasize in the the comic. Um, because this technically is based off the comic, even though the original story um, is a little different. Um, but um, for an origin story, and I know, Mike, you posted this, uh, I think, in our, our private chat for this podcast, that you felt that uh, they, they did a really good job to get it in an episode that's less than 32 minutes. Um, and now they can move on to the the real story which is another eight episodes i assume that's what you meant right mike yeah i mean actually in the, it, there's not a huge difference although there is between her origin here and the origin of the comics in the comics she's an attorney working to put 
some mobsters behind bars and there's a hit on her. She gets shot while she happens to be in the company of her cousin, Bruce Banner. And in order to save her life, he gives her a quick blood transfusion. And that's what ends up turning her into She-Hulk. This takes all the extraneous stuff away. She's with Bruce. There's an accident. His blood gets into her blood. She becomes She-Hulk. So there's no story set up with it. There is a spaceship that may be setting up a thing that may play into this series or it may be playing into something that comes out in Marvel later. And it really depends. I don't know how much Mark Ruffalo is going to be in the remainder of the show at this point. And I've heard mixed things about that. Um, so with because the, the spaceship is a Scarian spaceship, which is the planet from Ragnarok. Right. And that may play into a storyline in the comics that was called World War Hulk. Um, that may be setting up like other a whole big crossover event later. But that's much more of a Hulk thing than a She-Hulk thing, and that's going to be way would be way too big, I think, for them to do as a TV show. But it may come back and seed some things into this show later that pays off. Uh, the thing with the Hulk is that basically Marvel gets the rights back to the character of the Hulk next year from Universal. Okay, so oh oh, so they've been paying Universal to use it. In, um, Universal in paid movies. for the rights to the Hulk, um, and it's weirdly like. Depending on where you are as a Marvel fan, you may not realize it, but like the you know the the Marvel universe was built out of their C list characters because Marvel was bankrupt in the early '90s, and they sold the rights to their A list characters, which were the Fantastic Four, the X Men, Spider Man, and Hulk, to other studios. And the Hulk was really for a long time before the X Men rose up in the '80s. The, the Hulk was like their number two character uh, because of the, the, the TV series, uh, which um, most of us were probably old enough to watch growing up. Yep. yep. The Bill Big, yeah, the Bill, Bill Bixby, Bixby TV series. Yeah, for, ran for five seasons. It was a top-rated show, most of its run. Um, you know, and, and it really elevated the public knowledge of the character where Hulk was basically Marvel's number two character after Spider-Man. Um, and by the way, that's how you get She-Hulk, because Mar Hulk became popular, and Stan Lee realized that... Like, more, more Hulks would be best. Well, more Hulks would be best, but he also realized, like, so you had Superman, Supergirl, Superwoman, Superbaby, Superdog, Super, you had Super everything. You know, Batwoman, Batwoman, Batgirl, Batwoman, whatever. Um, they did Spider-Man, so they did Spider-Woman, and they realized that the potential of someone doing a female Hulk character was out there and if they didn't do it, somebody else might beat them to the punch and they'd lose the rights to it. So that's the whole reason they made She-Hulk was to stop anybody else from making Hulk Girl or Hulk Woman or you know or something like that. And so that's really why she was created and she only ran like for two years or so. It was one of the last characters, second to last character Marvel, uh, Marvel characters Stan Lee created. And it was purely out of uh, a marketing thing which was really where stanley's genius was was probably in marketing um but anyway so that's how we end up getting the character here but um so anyway so they sold the rights to universal basically Mar universal's rights are right of first refusal if i understand correctly so if marvel's making a hulk film universal gets the first opportunity to distribute it which means they get a lot of the money for making it 
but right. that expires next year. And, and it's one of those things where you have to make a movie with that character every so many years or you lose the rights to the character. Yep. So Marvel just said, all right, then we won't make any characters, if, any Hulk movies. If we don't make a Hulk movie, you can't have right of first refusal. That's why it's Thor Ragnarok, not Hulk and Thor Ragnarok, or what was in the comics was really Hulk Battleworld, um, or Planet Hulk, rather. Um, that they just put Thor in so that they didn't put Hulk's name in the title so that right. Universal couldn't get it. And so now well, they just ran a, out the okay. clock. I have a side question for you, Mike. The ties, so this was like the reason why Marvel wasn't creating new mutants, right? Was because they didn't want to keep giving the stuff to Fox? Right, because of weird... Yep. Right, so every character... like Marvel has always had its own little sub-universes where there were crossovers, obviously, but certain characters just tended to go together. Like, there's Spider-Man, there's Spider-Man villains. Venom was a Spider-Man villain. Um, and so it became... When they... when uh, Sony got the rights to Spider-Man. They didn't just get the rights to Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man and all associated characters. When uh, Fox got the rights to Fantastic Four, it was Fantastic Four, but also like Doctor Doom. You know, they got the right and and Annihilus and all the characters associated with, with Fantastic Four. With um, with uh, the X-Men, anything that's mutant, they get. And there was a weird thing, right, with, like, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, because they first appeared in the X-Men, but they were best known for being in the Avengers. And so there was, like, a real dispute as to who owned the rights to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Mm. And so there was an Avengers version of those two characters, and there was a Fox X-Men version of those two characters, Um I think basically came down to Marvel got to use Scarlet Witch and Fox got to use Quicksilver as I think how they split that baby um, until the, the merger, uh, the recent you know acquisition of Fox by Disney. It's but yeah, weird. So they, it's kind of weird what they gave up and what they didn't like. They didn't give up Captain America. Seems weird. Well, because Captain America, if you look at what were the best selling titles for Marvel for years, it was never Iron Man. It was never Thor. It was never Captain America. It was basically Spider-Man and Hulk, depending on who the artists were. And the X-Men, obviously, were huge. Fantastic Four was pretty big. And then Fantastic Four, depending on who the artists were, again, um, were were always there. But then, you know, like in like a weird way, like She-Hulk became popular because she was a nobody character. She gets moved into the Avengers because the the Avengers started out as sort of the Marvel Justice League. But after a while, they well, the the, the creator on Thor wants to use Thor and can't have him tied up in the Avengers. So, you know, they move him out of the Avengers and they move Tony Stark. They may make appearances, but the Avengers kind of became the more B and C list Marvel characters. And She-Hulk's book was canceled. Nobody was using her. So we'll throw into the Avengers. Okay. Just to round out the team. <laughs> then John Byrne did a few issues and say, Hey, I like drawing Seahawk. He takes over the fantastic four. He decides to have her put the thing on hiatus, have him go off on his own adventures. And she Hulk steps in and becomes a substitute for about five or six years on his run of, of, uh, fantastic four, which was a very, very popular run, very critically acclaimed, very successful run and really did wonders for elevating that character's profile. 
And then he leaves. He reboots Superman in DC. That lasts for about five years. And then when he comes back to Marvel, he says, I want to do a She-Hulk series. And that's where she he basically does it as a as a comedic series and goes all out with uh, the breaking of the fourth wall long before De- Daredevil, not Daredevil, Deadpool, Deadpool. was ever created. Um, again, not that that's a new thing. Bugs Bunny was breaking the fourth wall back in the 30s. Um, you know, and Shakespeare characters had been breaking the fourth wall. Peter Pan, right, breaking the fourth wall uh, with Tinkerbell. Um, so it's not a new idea, but he really, like, really ran with it and but but it was kind of a new idea for 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 comic books superheroes absolutely especially doing yeah in comic books and on the printed page like that and and i would really love to and i would really love to see them do some get creative with it because he would do things like uh like having her just jump from one panel to the next in order to save time on commute or punch through (laughs) to the next page um all sorts of little things uh I can't remember they where basically they like she Hulk made like some challenge to the audience and where I can't remember the exact bet, but basically like she would appear nude or something or whatever it was in the later issue. And sure <laughs> enough, like the thing happened, so she ended up like having that contractually obligated appearance and and, and uh highlighted it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I got but, a couple of those those t shirts where uh they're they're covers where where she's covering herself with newspapers and she says something like i need another newspaper and then there's another one like she's looking out at at you know the person who's picking up the comic book and she goes oh this this picture has nothing to do with the comic but we needed you to pick up the comic to and be interested in it you know because she's being sultry or something so they yeah they they did that even on the covers too which is kind of funny the thing that made me fall in love with her character, and I I had read one issue of She-Hulk in her original run, and that was while I was in the like, like as a kid reading it in the supermarket while my mother was shopping, so I didn't own it or reread it. I just read it. I was like, eh, it's okay, and uh, I was just curious what it was, right? Because I'd never seen or heard of She-Hulk at that point. But so the thing happens in the John Byrne run on Fantastic Four where She-Hulk finds out that she was never going to be able to turn back into Jennifer Walters, which is a thing that they eventually, I guess, cure in one of the later series. And, and so much of the Marvel characters are filled with existential drama, you know, Peter Parker, the burden of being Spider-Man and the burden of responsibility. And, you know, Ben Grimm is being stuck in this monstrous form and, Bruce Banner, the curse of being the Hulk, and Jennifer Walters is told you're going, you're you're basically now doomed to be She-Hulk forever. You will never be able to be, pass for a normal person again. And her right, attitude right. is well, basically well, even, even the thing, right? He's he's stuck, right? right? Yeah, right. And so we take that the doctor, scientist, Reed Richards, whoever it was, tells her this, and her attitude was, eh, that's okay. It was just this whole thing of like, you know what? I actually kind of prefer being like this anyway, because she was bigger, she was stronger, she was more confident, and she was hot, right? So she was right, like, I'm perfectly right. fine. And and I thought, and that was such a novel, weirdly enough, novel twist on this person celebrating their weirdness uh, and embracing it. Um, I, I thought that was a fun take, especially for the time. Um, I have a question, another yeah. question off of that, Mike, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, was it also like partly also because I was talking to one of my friends who's a big comic guy and he would mention something about uh, like the JLA run in the mid late 
eighties was more comedic with like Guy Gardner. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back talking yeah, Batman, and so like this was kind of a response for Marvel to kind of do their kind of version uh, of it as well, a little bit. That's a great question because they're both around the same time, and I'm trying to remember which came first. Probably the Justice League came first. I think the Justice League one. I think is what my friend was saying. So. Um, and they and so they, it might have, and I think part of it was also just a response to that was the post Watchmen, post Dark Knight era when everyone was leaning hard into the dark superhero books, right? And you had uh, Keith Giffen and is it Dematis who did the Justice League, and it was basically just everybody was going was was going right, we're going to go left, right? Yeah. And so, and I think and. That was, maybe that was the reason why, because that was the success, is that the, the editor at Marvel, I don't remember if it was Tom DeFalco or who it was at that point, basically said, we want a funny book. And, you know, John Byrne said, can I do She-Hulk? I said, could you make her funny? And they said, sure. Um, and, and, that, and that just worked out perfectly that way. Um, but yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was an influence on it, because comics always are copying off each other. And if anybody has a chance to find some of those JLAs from the, the late 80s, they are quite fun. They are a very fun read. <laughs> Especially that, yeah, the, the just, ju- Justice League, no other thing. No Justice League, uh, it was just Justice League. And then after about eight or issues or so, it became Justice League International. Um, and then you got some of then, the Injustice League stuff, which was great, too. And <laughs> yeah, you had Justice League Europe, Justice League Antarctica, which was fun. Um <laughs> And I just like the Guy oh. Gardner stuff was great. Yep. <laughs> Sorry to go off topic. But. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's right. I, I just want to try to, um, every, everything, everything was good there, but, but, um, that last part where was, was a little real off, but, but yes. The yes, only reason uh, I mentioned him is Guy Gardner is a ginger. So they're uncovered. Yeah. There you go. See, see, I knew there's, there's things <laughs> but, about Canadians and gingers and I mean, John's biased there. He's right, biased. Right, exactly. But also to, in fairness, John, Guy Gardner is an asshole. Um, yes. <laughs> and that is, but why? Because he's a ginger. That's why. So that's how it <laughs> well, you can't you can't get them to you know take away the redheads like the left-handedness. You know you can't right, beat right. the redhead out of them. I all right, am now, a ginger too. All right, now we're getting way, uh, way off of, of She-Hulk stuff because we're talking about redheads and left Um So uh, if we get back oh, to the question, me. Can, that's right. Off. <laughs> all right, if, if we get back to uh, She-Hulk stuff. She-Hulk stuff. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, what, what, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the the complaints. I guess that some folks were saying even before it came out. Now, now the show originally, when it was dropped on Thursday, had reviews of ninety four percent. Now I think it's down to eighty two percent because the hundred or so Rotten Tomatoes uh, registered and and legit reviewers that hadn't seen the first four episodes now have I guess got to see them or at least got to see the first episode and um, so the it dropped from 94 to 82 so that that's a big drop uh, but still 982 is still uh, pretty pretty solid um, even though I'm, I'm quite surprised that it had that big of a drop because now we're up to 362 critic reviews from the 240 or so that were there on Thursday. Um, and then, of course, we, we have audience people. Um, there's rumors that there's uh, uh, people are doing um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, review bombs 
uh, because there's like 30 something percent of one review, uh, one star reviews on like IMDb or Metacritic or whatever. Well, but with now, that, I was going to say with what, that many what, reviews. What, okay, but let me just finish the thing. And then <laughs> you can get in. But uh, again, you know, whether it is review bomb, which is possible, we, we must admit that a lot of people, whether it's Amazon, whether it's IMDb, whether it's any other place, a lot of people just either. Uh, give the maximum stars or they give the, the least amount of stars. Um, if you ever look at reviews on like Amazon, uh, for example, there's, it, it's always either all, you know, top review or all bottom review is in the middle. It's not, it's an opposite upside down bell curve. So it could just be that too. And I just wanted to throw that out as well. But now, uh, Barrett, you were saying. With that many reviews, the odds of staying above 90% grow less. I mean, you have so many reviews that, you know, you're going to kind of get pulled down, and especially if there are review bombers that are just giving it one. And I would say that there are most definitely toxic fans out there that are going to just give a one because they like to see what happens. Right. Well, this 82%. Uh, was the actual real critics? It's not the, the um, oh the actual real critics. Yeah, yeah, okay. but, but, that's still. <laughs> but but right right right. That, that, I mean we're, that's still. I mean I think this may be the largest ever amount of re- legitimate critics that reviewed a show I ever seen on Rotten Tomatoes. Or yeah, that, I mean that's a huge amount of critics. I mean that's 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 like ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean usually the most I've ever seen is like two fifty. So I thought when she how dropped and it was already two hundred forty, I said all right, that's it. You know, and then suddenly there's another 120. It's like where the hell they came from, but they're li- they're marked down as legit. I'd be curious to see where that goes with um, where that tracks with something like Moon Knight or Loki or other yeah. Disney the, or or Obi Wan, the other high profile Disney Plus series. Um, sure, sure. So yeah, it's uh, look there there are there are assholes who are review bombers, and they mostly seem to be of a particular persuasion. Well, one of two. They're either strong women bad, or uh, why isn't Zach, uh, Warner Brothers releasing another Zack Snyder film? And until they release a Snyder film, I'm not going <laughs> to rebomb every Warner Brothers movie ever. Yeah, and that's just stupid too. All that stuff. Um, whatever. And yeah, it's a, it's a particular brand of toxicity, and um, uh, and it's annoying. And you know, it's it's She Hulk, right? That's what it's what the character is. You're you're. Don't complain about there being a strong female character in She-Hulk because that's the fucking point of it. But there's people who just have a small peepee and very, feel very insecure about it. So, yeah. Uh, sure. well, well, and, and that's the thing is, is that it, even even whether it's a strong character of uh, the female gender or not, or or it, you do have unfortunately a, a culture today that's a lot different than say ten years ago. You know, if this show came out ten years ago where the culture and politics were, were a little different then maybe maybe this wouldn't happen but then again people are people so who knows but nowadays um anything that everything's black or, or white now as we know so yes. you know so whether what strong female superhero character what does that mean 10 years ago versus what does that mean now nowadays it means black or white you know, because well, and we, that's, we everybody just a... falls on one side of a spectrum. Well, back ten years ago, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even think about it and go, uh, 
you know, it's, it was just different. Now you're saying something, Barrett. Yeah, we live in a society now where if if you didn't like one thing, you know, like the first episode, then the rest must suck. Well, that's or, true. You know, and that's you need true. to tell everybody that it sucks that bad. Um, yeah. Instead yeah. of giving each one its its due, it's like I hated yeah. the first one or I hated the second one, so the rest stink. And there right. can be nothing that fixes that ever. Right, right. And we've talked about this in the main podcast is that there are certain things that because of what the film is, people will love it or hate it for what it is or whatever statement they're making. And in this particular case, the only statement the show is making really so far is there is a little feminism in there is basically that it has a female character in it. And there are going to be people who love it just for that. And there are going to be people who hate it just for that. But the difference is the people who love it just because there's another female, strong female character out there aren't review bombing sites, right? Because they can recognize, because yeah. a lot of them will still recognize, well, let me at least wait and see if I like it. And you know what? Some things, yes, it will appeal to you more because it's a, you know, hits a particular demographic. And that's kind of what the whole representation thing is about. And, you know, it just, you know, it's, it's fine. And, you know, if that's the thing that appeals to you, great, but it's the, the, the haters. And you know, it's that as much as I hate using those words like that, you know, and, and toxic and all that other stuff, because it does get overused, but there are just yeah. uh massive assholes out there. And as a wise philosopher once said, people suck. True. True. So. Now, um, uh, there, there's some interesting points. Uh, I mean, most of that stuff, like you said, and I'll overuse those words too, Mike, toxic or haters, uh, at least with the first episode, um, were immediately, um, uh, I'll I'll just be harsh and say destroyed, because I I didn't see anything that that they were saying uh, that made me feel the way they felt. Uh, It's meaning, I, I honestly believe that they were just toxic and haters, because I didn't see anything they saw. Now, like you said, there's going to be a little politics and everything just because that's just how it is. Uh, you said feminism. I'll just say politics uh, because that's more of a broad term. Um, and and sure, but I mean, it was nothing that was – I noticed that, that like, you know, if you add too much salt to a meal, it ruins the meal. So um, so that that was a point. But, but there was one uh, – uh, amateur critic that's a podcaster that I know who who doesn't really review films but he talks politics and whatnot and uh, he, he actually had an interesting thing and he was t- that he said and, I, and I'm just going to throw it out there whether it it's right or wrong and it doesn't matter it's just an interesting point I felt and he said that um, he felt that oddly the she hulk was a villain or is going to be the main villain and you know you know the people on the or, or saying, what, what is he talking about? And he explains it, and he goes, well, the She-Hulk um, turned into the She-Hulk when these guys, you know, she's waiting for a Bruce to pick her up at this bar, and these three guys come up to her and stop bothering her. Not really bothering her, but, you know, just ask her, saying, hey, uh, how you doing? What's your name? You know, stuff like, stuff like that. And she doesn't want them bothering her, and they don't take the hint uh, or whatever. They're just jerks or whatever, but they weren't offensive. And so she stops walking away and they stop following her and still asking her questions. And she turns to the She-Hulk and she's about to like drop kick them. And the Hulk, Bruce Banner shows up and, and snags her and, and knocks her out and, and brings her back to his house. And this podcast said, 
uh, or news reporter, whatever you want to call him, uh, said the She-Hulk, we find out quickly, isn't like the regular Hulk. The regular Hulk can't control his his his, his not only his emotions, but his actual brain. In, in other words, he's it's almost like a split personality. While the She-Hulk is this still the same person that she was as Jennifer Walters, meaning she's still sentient as Jennifer Walters and pretty much can act like Jennifer Walters without being violent. So for her wanting to drop kick these guys, which could have killed them, she was actually consciously wanting to kill or, or, or hurt people while the Hulk is trying to control his urges from doing that. And, um, and if he hurts somebody, it's because of the split personality. While she was consciously willing to hurt somebody, at least in this episode, I and have, a, I have an answer. I have a response to that. All right. No, I'm sure everybody does. But well, I, I know. Wanna, I know. But, um, but the other point too. So it was an interesting point. And then the other point he mentioned was that the She Hulk, uh, the Hulk says, now that you have this superpower and we can try to control it. But it appears we don't have to control it because you're pretty, uh, you know, uh, able to control. You're not the split personality that I am. You uh, should become a superhero like me and try to fight bad and, and do good in the world. And her response is, no, I'd rather go back to my, my job and and just be a, a lawyer still. Now. The point the, the podcast and reporter was saying was is that unlike the Hulk and the other superheroes in the Marvel Universe, they want her help. While well, she's being selfish and, as Mike, you used that term, I'll, I'll bring it up, feminist, I guess, um, doesn't care and wants to be what she wants to be. Now, again, we know later in the comics and stuff, she grows and she becomes a superhero and wants to be a superhero and she wants to help the world. And this is just episode one of her life as a Hulk. So it can make sense that maybe she hasn't adjusted yet. Like say the Hulk who's been the Hulk for like 10 years by the point when the show starts. Um, but it was an interesting point about also that she was being selfish and go, Nope, I have no interest to help anybody. So, Go ahead. Now everybody can speak. And again, I'm not saying I agree with any of what this guy said, but it was a really good point that was about the show that wasn't that quote unquote toxic hater stuff. It was just common points that he noticed that seemed interesting. Anyone? Barry, you can I say would, something. Yeah, sorry, Barry, go ahead. No, I'm good. Oh, I was just my point would be is that she's only just become She Hulk. So it's pretty early to be like throwing everything on top of the per like I don't know how most people would respond. I think probably most people would be uh they want to go back to their regular life if possible, whatever that means to them. Yep, so it doesn't yep. seem like a super evil uh response. Again, I like how long would it take for any of us to be accustomed to just becoming a super person or having superpowers? There's probably an adjustment period, right? Or at least that's right. what well, I think, it's, so. it's some people. Some people 
would probably jump right into it and go, oh, this is great. Yeah, I do want to yeah. help. I do. But then they but could also gonna become be the villains down the road yeah. too, right? <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. then they could become like you know, like this is my like, that, like the man in so. the man in black in Game of Thrones, right? When he was, I mean, not Game of Thrones, Westworld. When he was younger, he seemed like he wanted to help the row, you know, Dolores, and then by the end, he's super villain. So that's a fair point. Well, she um, also didn't remember. She said everything that happened up until she's waking up at the beach area when she would turn into the she. Well, that was so, the, the the first time. Uh, the second time, and I just rewatched the scene. So the second time she basically turns and turns around physically turns into She-Hulk kind of growls at the men and Banner like takes her down and she passes out so there's nothing for her really to clearly remember when she wakes up she basically says it was just the first time that she didn't remember because maybe she was overwhelmed or whatever but that was it so I'm guessing she kind of remembers what happened the second time Um, so yeah, go on. Yeah, I, I think the argument is one: she, she's she's going into uh, become a prosecuting. She's a prosecuting attorney. So, are, are we arguing that her prosecuting criminals is not a, a, a way of fighting bad guys? Um, and if you look at most of the characters in the Marvel universe, like in the Marvel comics, you get like Spider-Man swinging around, patrolling, looking for people to help. But for the most part, like Bruce Banner is just like hanging out. The thing that he, the most heroic thing he's done since Avengers Endgame is figure out a way to turn himself back into a human so that he can save money on the CGI. Um, <laughs> that's that nobody's like that. They're basically just hang around and wait for some disaster to happen, and that's kind of it. You know, the Tony Stark was kind of an exception to that, and that ran into whole sorts of uh, power abuse issues and and led to things like Civil War and. Most of them are just like chilling on Avengers campus. What was she giving her life up for? What, you know, it's not like the world that we see as it's presented to us is overrunning with supervillains. They, you know, it's so, yeah, why would she have to give it up? And that is always kind of a classic part of the story. And we don't actually know what she would have done to those three knuckleheads, right? She turned around and growled at them, and that may have just been, you know, all her she did. You know, it's sort of like remember. Uh, I remember Superman beating up the bully in Superman Two. Um, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that, I think that's a person who's looking for an argument to make, and and trying to find a reach to make an argument, probably for his own particular reasons, rather than letting you know ju- judging it on the story that's there because it is a classic trope of any character for the most part of kind of wanting to live live their own life and you know the whole destiny calls and drags them into it right you know luke skywalker kind of dreamed of adventure but he didn't want to become the savior of the universe either right so spider-man didn't save uncle ben like his result with the criminal right with the the whole his story was he didn't want to he didn't take his responsibility when he was supposed to right and it ended up leading to the death of his of uncle ben so like that would be the exact thing. It's like, so would the, that person say the same thing about Spider-Man? Or well, like again, any, again uh, like, uh, you know I'm what not, I'm saying. I'm, I don't, right? I don't want to disparage the guy because his point was, you could argue, was just devil's advocate or 
but based off of how I heard it, he was he was just trying to compare various perspectives of various people and and just th- was throwing them out there. So I don't think he was being malicious by by bringing these points up. Well, uh, it may but, not, but just would, would it be the same? Would he would he have, that have been brought up the same way? To, I, I, I don't know to because it's not it's not right? it's so. not a new TV series, right? I mean I mean maybe maybe if the the you know you know if there was a Spider Man movie today that. Or, or series, and it showed that scene where, like, you're talking about his his uncle. May, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would like to give people the benefit of the doubt that they don't have a hidden agenda when they're when they're saying this. But again, you know, we, all you have to do is go on the internet, and and you can see. You uh, always get yeah. something. <laughs> but 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 with this case, uh, I, I think it was more. Um, a brand new show that's in the news and he follows the news and he talks about news, including, you know, uh, the arts in the news and never mind regular news. And, and he just wanted to talk about it because this is a show and, and it's getting a lot of buzz and stuff. Let's talk about it. And, and so I think that's all, but it, it was just fair points. I just wanted to bring him up. Um, those two points that he brought up um, and, and whatnot as just another perspective that was interesting. Well, it's a talking um, point for sure. Right. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, you just like, it depends yeah. on, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean them, right? any of us should, should agree with them. You know, it just, just was an interesting talking point. I thought, um, all right. So, uh, what do we want to talk about now? Um, uh, I guess one, one of the big things, uh, people have said, uh, both critical and, uh, just people who've enjoyed the show is the bantering between the two cousins. It uh, felt Bruce. like it was like uh, Ragnarok again with the, like how Thor and Hulk have their little rivalry. And it felt like this was like a different rivalry of sorts that you had between Bruce and Jennifer, which was fine. I thought it was fine. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they, yeah, they, most people thought it was, was really good. And, and they're, they're, a lot. I've I've actually seen some critics say I, uh, they're sad that there's a chance that the Hulk was may have just been a guest appearance and won't be in the rest of the show, and not because Jennifer Walters' character, that character can't carry a show, but the camaraderie between the two of them was so good in this episode that it will be yeah. missed. It will they be had missed. really good chemistry for sure. They did. Yeah. So I think it's more people are, are not complaining because of where they're going to go with the show. What it was is more bummed that he'll be uh, missed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. He'll be exactly. missed. Yeah. But, well, and that leads into the CGI thing. I think I thought the CGI looked like the movies from, fr- you know, close, uh, especially for the Hulk. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I, 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 I had no issues with, with, with the CGI at all. I, I didn't, I yeah. didn't, I didn't see. Yeah, there were there were some spots where I thought it was off, but for the most part, it's fine. Right, but it's, but it but it's, 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 it does it maintain the illusion, you right. know, like the um, right, yeah, like like going back to Superman the movie. You will believe a man can fly. We never really believed a man could fly, but we were able to suspend belief that Christopher Reeve was hanging on a wire. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they looked good enough, right? That. Uh, we could suspend our disbelief. And if you're watching a movie, I, I have long been of the opinion that you are not going to be able to put a seven foot, eight foot tall, green skinned human being uh, 
with weird body proportions in the case of the Hulk on screen and have that register as real to a human brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what I always use like is, I mean, I mean, obviously uh, some of the Sam Raimi CGI from his super Spider-Man, so, you know, but again, those are older films. So I, a better example would be say Gollum from the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson films. Um, and, and the hobbits being, you know, in a next, to Gandalf and and even even Titanic with James Cameron, the, you know the the far shots and you see the people uh, the entire boat and people walking and stuff. We we know a lot of this is CGI. It works and. And the thing is, is there's always going to be some points, even with Gollum, that it was like you could tell that he's not that is some sort of CGI, you know. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, when you have a six seven character versus say um, a, a person that's the same size, like like uh, Michael Rooker in Guardians of the Galaxy, you, you know, you, you and they do. Um, uh, what, what was that thing when they, when they draw on top of you? Uh, what was that type of uh, rotoscoping? Not not the rotoscoping, but what 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 they do when when like what they did with with Gollum. They you know the guy wore the blue suit and and yeah okay I you know and, uh, and so performance capture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the performance capture for the Hulk or or the She-Hulk for that matter, specifically the She-Hulk, is going to be difficult just for the fact that. She really isn't six seven, and they're and and you know they have to uh, not only motion capture her, but they have to also grow her and have her fit into the screen. So it there's going to be a spottiness here and there, but if if we take the whole episode, um, you know you could argue you know I'm just throwing an arbitrary number, uh, but you know 95 percent of it was pretty good. The CGI, I felt it was good. Yeah. And look, how many, how many of us, you know, play video games? We watch video game cutscenes. Yep. Right, and that's all CGI. And especially, I think that actually helps a lot in this case because, um, you have two CGI characters interacting. Yep. It yeah. may, and, and so it is kind of like watching a video game cutscene, and we can immerse ourselves there. I'm curious if it's going to change at all when you start getting her interacting with real people. Yeah, but, instead of the you know, Right, right. Yeah, but, you know, if I could buy it with Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Good point. I don't see why, you know, or Mary Poppins and a penguin. Yeah. Oh, Holly, <laughs> Hollywood, uh, you know, in, in that cool world or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't see why I can't can't buy it here. Right. So he's saying, but that's that's something we'll have to we'll we'll cross that bridge when when it arrives next week. So, sure. what did you think generally of the story? I mean, for this episode, because we really haven't, yeah, we've talked about issues around the episode, but not the Do story we itself. Talk spoilers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For, yeah. Let me explain. For folks who are new to the movie i mean not the not the movie the tv show podcast that we do on this network we do you know we've done westworld we've done game of thrones we've done uh the stand miniseries we've done um the miniseries the, the discovery undo- of witches this, oh we've done discovery witches tv series what was the one that was a nicole kidman one that we did was undoing right the undoing, undoing yeah yeah so so we've done a lot of them and what we say 
is we, we don't bother throwing up spoilers for these because the reason uh, people are, are tuning in to these podcasts, these TV podcasts, is because they probably follow the show. They watch the show and they enjoy the show and they just want to hear further perspective and, and uh, ideas and, and things that they may want to know that they couldn't figure out and then oh these guys just figured it out so we're assuming everybody has has already watched the episode um and whatnot so you can say anything you want barrett as as you most likely know because you've done many of those television series podcasts that i just mentioned yeah i just wanted to make sure so the only thing that really caught me off guard was where the heck did the supervillain at the end come from did she just appear and why did we get some kind of explanation I missed? Not yet. Not yet. So okay. what, 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 let me set it up. Let's, <laughs> what, let's, let's set up. The, yeah, that's Tanya. Uh, but let's set up the, the, the episode. So basically, we, we just meet Jennifer Walters already as the She-Hulk. Um, and then she looks in, into the screen, the fourth wall thing, and says, let me tell you my, how, 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 the, how this happened. And this is like only three to four minutes, and then boom, we're already you know six months before. And the whole episode is basically the origin story for the next 25 minutes. And then we go back to the present, and and then we we're, we see her turn into the She-Hulk for probably the first time in the, the courtroom when Titania comes in, breaks through the wall to do whatever she was going to do. Now, the... The story of her present life and what is going to become of it it hasn't been established yet, at least in the TV show. And so I think this episode just wanted us to uh, understand her her origin story while then setting up the present with with Titania showing up. And then, boom, next week, like Mike said, he's looking forward to next week where they're going to go, boom, right into – what this world is right now with her and her now being known as the She-Hulk. So that's where I, I, what my understanding is now, anybody want to add to that? Mike, you may want to add to that. Uh, Barrett, you may after what I said, and then Sean, what do you got? Anybody? I've heard speculation that you mentioned the opening, the opening is the tail end of Jennifer. Well, Jennifer Walters talking to the camera, which is a preview of the fact that she's going to break the fourth wall. Um, and speak directly to the audience at the end of the scene, but she's speaking uh, at the uh, giving the tail end of her closing argument, which is this whole prosecuting the evil corporation for not protecting the people, and that's the the, the great power gives you responsibility speech um, that is there with every superhero. So there's certainly foreshadowing for probably where her character arc is going to go. Um, I also note that she's standing in her law office and the walls and she's basically the walls behind her are green. So that was a cute touch. Um, <laughs> and we're and we're introduced to a, uh, a, 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 a colleague who is a lawyer who is the dude who's like, I should be able in delivering the closing. So he may get like a little bit of a rivalry there and her paralegal who is super supportive girlfriend. Right. Uh, non-romantic girlfriend. Just. Yeah, now, nowadays, nowadays, yeah, we we have to be specific, I guess. Um, <laughs> and the Dennis character is uh, one of her like was kind of her rivals in the comics, right? I think so. Probably that's what I've heard. Um, and anyway, so this is that case. I've heard speculation that 
the company like is responsible for make and some speculations the Roxxon Corporation, which is a like the big evil corporation in the comics, um, is maybe responsible for making her uh, Titania, um, and maybe that's why she's breaking into the courtroom at that particular juncture. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we, we'll probably find that out next week. Well, and yeah. there's the other the other thing I was going to ask about was the Holland was it uh, what's his name uh, Holden Holloway I think is his name who was the guy the guy with the white hair that was on the, the defense team who was like a head of his own law firm and I think in the comics there was something about he ends up hiring her because he's trying to do initiative to protect superpower people. Or, yeah, I think, or, 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 or if not protect, because again, she's a prosecutor, but maybe um, a group of super power people to. Well, but I mean, lawyers can switch. Lawyers yeah, switch side they, all the time. If you're, if yeah. you're, a, and the thing is, if you're a a prosecuting attorney, you basically either stay stuck in your job, <laughs> you yeah. go into politics. Or you yeah. leave to go in the private sector, which is going to make you a, uh, a defense attorney. It's one of those those three things. So in the comics, yeah, she does leave. She becomes part of his law firm. I think that's part of the Dan Slot run. Uh, I'm sure. But, I but, but the superpower thing doesn't make sense, right? Because, I mean, again, unless we're talking like the mutants, right? You know, the mutants are considered bad. Whether they're really bad or really good, it didn't matter. They, quote, unquote, humans are suspicious of them. But in this world here... If I'm not mistaken, um, I, I can't believe as a defense attorney she would ha- work with evil villains to to defend them that have superpowers. But you I may be wrong. Low level ones too, though. I'm, right? I mean, I, yeah, because yeah. I still don't know about the Tim Roth character. Right? We've seen his character in a few of the the uh, trailers. He's, maybe he's the maybe, abomination. Yeah, and we yeah. know he's bad. We, we can assume he's bad, and yet maybe she is going to defend him, which. Is weird for a quote unquote good superhero, but well because well one you should believe that everybody uh, in our legal system deserves a fair defense. Um, they add uh, this is actually a thing they do with Daredevil a lot, where he'll you know bring the criminal in as and then defend them as Matt Murdock. Um, but like they just had in uh, Spider Man uh, Far From Home, not no not No Way Home, no. Spider Man No Way Home, uh, where. Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, you know, is defending Peter Parker when his identity is blown that he's Spider-Man. Spoiler warning um, <laughs> to that movie. So it happens and it, a lot of it's played for fun. My understanding is like in the comics, like the they uh, they actually use the, the actual comics as as legal material for court cases, you know, that it's. Well, this is what happened to him in issue 161. So it's just a little so, – so it has fun with it, just a way to, to get a little meta with that universe. And, you know, if there's a lot of supervillains, the supervillains are going to need attorneys. They are going to need defense attorneys. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, no. it's, just, it's just weird, though, if they decide to go that route. And, again, the you know, I haven't read the comics for a long time. Um, but well, maybe – it, to have a, a superhero, because we, we can assume the She-Hulk is a, one of the good guys, a good – fellows or good people good superheroes i won't use gender and they and, and so it would it would just be bizarre if she mistakenly defends someone and gets them off 
Yeah. Well, I think oh, in I the don't comics, know. what it was is that Holden Holloway had a granddaughter who was a supervillain, and what he was hoping by bringing Jennifer in was that Jennifer would be a mentor and a role model so that his granddaughter would change her ways by having someone like Jennifer around. I think that's what the story was in the comics. Okay, so what is the motivation of Jennifer to want to help a supervillain then? Uh, again, again we may be... What's that? De- defense pays a lot better, but if but well, see, and that's the thing is that now they're, they're we're taking a superhero and making them more gray, right? Because you know we, usually we think bat, you know, uh, not Batman, but but you know Superman and Wonder Woman, they're good souls all the way to the end, and in this case, She Hulk doesn't look like that type of superhero, right? If she's going to be willing well, to. Like in the case of Emil Blonsky, the Abomination, the Tim Roth character. So that's a character from the Incredible Hulk Ed Norton film that is sort of like the redheaded stepchild of the MCU. Um, because that was it, it, well, because it was the second film. Oh, oh, you mean it, the film. Okay, I thought you were talking about the film, so never mind. Keep, keep, no, go back film. to what you're saying. Right, and, right. It's, and it's a universal film, so you kind of don't refer to it very much. But he was a special forces operatives on loan to the American government who they experiment on with the super soldier serum to fight the Hulk. And he ends up turning into the abomination. Right. So, and you can make an argument, right? I'm sure if I, if I'm defending him and he ends up getting in the battle with the Hulk in, in Harlem, well, he was the result of a government experiment. They did that to him. They turn him into this uh, living weapon, and so he's not entirely responsible, and all he was doing was fighting the Hulk, which is what the government enlisted him to do. Right. Right. And he's, this is a guy who is a, who is a, a, you know, I don't know if he's a war hero. I don't know what he did as a character, but he was, you know, an, a decorated officer, right. uh, you know, volunteering for duty, for dangerous duty putting his life in limit risk because this is before the Hulk was smart. This is the savage Hulk, right? This is the incredible Hulk. This is the, the, the child brain in the body of, of a God, you know, and you know, he doesn't deserve to be in prison for all eternity. You know, there's certainly a lot of good supervillains or villains have a more nuanced background. Very few of the, you know, the very few are like the ones that are just the mustache twirlers that stick as good villains, right? They're they're They have good motivations. They, they not good motivations, but I mean like interesting motivations and backgrounds and often tragic stories that get them into where they go. Right. And I think they've shown even in the Marvel, right, that not all the heroes are just squeaky clean, right? Like they've right, shown right, the darker right, side right. Like to balance it out so that it's not just binary, that it's just one way or the other, right? Right. Right. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're assuming, right? I mean, we, because, again, these are future episodes, right? All we've seen is, is this one episode here. But the, right. I mean, the, I, the other thing yeah. – oh, I was saying I could go through. We could go through if we want to a whole bunch of villains and their tragic origin stories and why they be, why do they break bad and all the rest. Yeah. But I'm sure they will be very selective in which villains they will choose. Right? They're not going to be defending the Red Skull. 
because he was a <laughs> <up. laughs> you know uh you know tim roth might be a you know is is a, is actually an interesting pick right for that reason um so i think it's fun that they're able to get all these actors that were in movies years ago too that they've got the money now to do that but um, uh, i think it makes it more fun Mike, what, what do you mean? It's it's an interesting pick that Tim Ross because why? Well, because he, he is because he is that like I just went through. There is a character where, you know, he was in the role he was used in the comics. He's an outright villain. Uh, but no, but why here, why is it interesting that they use Tim Ross? Well, because that that character has a lot of gray in his the legal case as to where. And, uh, and you, you think the actor playing him makes it more gray? Well, no, well, because he give him a lot of levels, right? It's it's the Tim Roth is the actor who played the character. So I'm saying I'm glad they got his that they're using his character that they yeah. chose that they brought him back for that character. And it's not because oh, it's Tim oh, Roth. Oh, was, it's Tim oh, Roth's character. Oh, why was his, Tim his Roth depiction of the character? No, why? Yeah. Why was he was he in the original Hulk that you were talking about? Yeah, he was. He played the the, the, the villain right. in the, the in the Incredible the second Hulk. one. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 one. Uh, the, uh, the Norton one. You're right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so long ago, I, I forgot that he was, it was him. So that was a brilliant. You're right. That is a great move. And the thing yeah. is, he's a great actor, so he can give you different levels yeah. to yep. the character, yeah. right? That yeah. some other actors may not be able to do. And like you've seen Tim Roth and all this stuff from Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and stuff, right? So you know that he can pull all kinds of stuff out of him, right? And he's so, done TV as well, so yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, that's that's yeah, no, that's good. Um, so if if we go back to this episode here, and and just you know talk a little bit about this specific, um, uh, it, it was what, I guess what you said, Mike, in the the little private chat is that you're glad they they were able to get this part. And now we can move on away from the origin story, and and it's not necessarily because we don't like origin stories, because because this was actually a really good episode, to be honest, for origin story. But and it, and it was quick, you know, a good thirty minutes, and boom, we're done. But the running joke is, as you know, Barrett, you've been saying, or Sean, you've been saying, which is origin stories we see over and over and over, and then we see Spider-Man, you know, four times now, three times now, and then we've seen the Hulk at least twice now, if not three times, so, you know, so on and on and on. So I guess the point of this episode was just to get the origin story. So people who aren't fans of Marvel or aren't familiar with the character, boom, you now know who she is and how she happened. Now let's get into the story. Am I yeah, right? And I thought they did a good job of the, the interplay again, like we talked about with her and Bruce, really getting to show her different like aspects of her character, right? Yeah, that Hulk's Where different. That stuff that she they, wouldn't they, have they done all, otherwise, right? They, yeah, they they're not all, all the same. same. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because it was important it, to show that she's sentient and doesn't have the split personality like Bruce, because if you just go in and you're familiar with Hulk, but not familiar with She-Hulk, you just assume that, oh, she'd be just like that and be animalistic and go crazy. And then it was like, oh, oh, it's completely different. And and so Bruce learns at the same time as the the new fan learns it. In, in the comics, there had been a whole bunch of gamma-powered super beings, right. most of them villains, like yep. the leader of the Abomination. She-Hulk. The only one that ever had that personality problem 
was Bruce Banner. Right. And someone establishes in the early to mid-80s that Banner had an abusive childhood. And when mm. uh, Peter David took over the book, because if you looked over the years, there's a lot of weird characterizations of the Hulk. His intelligence varied. At one point, he had originally had gray skin, was much more articulate. Sometimes he was like nonverbal. Gray Hulk. Other, right. And in some cases, he was verbal, but, you know, spoke like the, the, the usual Hulk smash, very limited vocabulary, which most people are used to. Yep. So he's a winner. Yeah, especially if, if you're familiar with the, the Bill Bixby show. Right. And so he takes that idea and he puts it with the idea that his uh, uh, history of being abused as a child and just says the whole reason Hulk goes through these things is because he has suffering from multiple personality disorder. Right. Yeah, PTSD from his childhood or whatever. Right. And so that's why Hulk is different. And that's why, you know, they you, and they literally for years had these um, internal struggles between Hulk and Banner. And you heard him talking about somebody else trying to have their hand on the wheel. Right. Um, it's because in at least in the comics, he literally has multiple personalities and he becomes the smart Hulk what some have called Professor Hulk, when those personalities are kind of finally reconciled and merged together. Um, and and that that's the whole thing. But that's what makes the Hulk now special kind of in the Marvel Universe is that he's he is crazy. <laughs> he's he is a <laughs> he is a behavioral health individual because right. of his because of his childhood trauma. Um, and you know, that's kind of where all of this is coming from. And this is why Jennifer doesn't have this problem where Bruce does. And right. I, and, and they, they, that is a big story point in the Ang Lee Hulk, which was what to that night, uh, 2003. With yeah, Eric Bana. Yep. Something yeah. like with yeah. the Eric Bana version, which I don't know if Marvel's ever acknowledged. We know that the incredible Hulk, the, the Norton film is in the MCU. They just recast the role, but they've shown footage from it. Tony Stark appears at the end of it. So that is an MCU film. They've never really addressed whether or not that other Hulk film is part of it. Uh, probably not. But that, that actually does deal with the idea of, uh, yeah, of, child, his, child, child. of his child abuse. Also, um, it's interesting, too, is that um, since the Hulk is the most famous of all the characters that have the Gamma um you know, you know exposure um everybody would just assume that you're going to you're going to have to split personalities because of that because that's the only character you know so when you start seeing the, all these other characters that have gamma exposure and they don't have to split personality it's confusing so um especially if you're just a fair weather fan and you just know the calc so it's good that that um they would put that in the backstory for the Hulk back in the eighties, just to explain it away as, as all these other characters are start appearing, whether villains or not that have gamma exposure and well, that's no, the idea have of, the split personality. Well, that's the idea of retconning, right? Cause these were children's books, disposable so, entertainment. Nobody knew when they made the Hulk in 1962 or whenever it was so, that there would be, people in 2022 yep. sitting around talking on their computer devices <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> discussing the character. So 
Yep. Things like, well, why did Hulk change from gray to green? Well, just because it was easier to get the color separation between black and green than it was black and gray. That was right. it. There was there was new writers came over, did new things. They didn't think that nerds were going to be obsessing over continuity details 20, 30, 40, 50 years later and trying right. to reconcile why was this Hulk different from that Hulk. And it was just and but this is just where you get good writers and I'm a huge fan of the of Peter David who came up with the the multiple personality angle um just seeing some of these pieces in the pack and trying to find a way to reconcile these inconsistencies why were there well, gamma powered villains because we needed somebody for the Hulk to fight why did they have multiple personality disorders because the writers didn't give a shit right and 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 to be honest it, it, it's not even necessarily that it that didn't give a shit it, it could you could even argue that you know, for every Hulk, there's 40 other uh, new superheroes that are invented the same year, maybe you know, and and they flop and they just disappear. And the Hulk was just one, and that one caught on, you know. Yeah, if you look at things like you'll see them, like these characters appear in uh, Journey into Mystery or Tales of Suspense yeah. or some other thing. Like Batman originally was in Detective Comics. Right. And uh, Superman was in action comics. They weren't intended to be Batman titles, Superman titles, but they were the character in that book that clicked. Yeah. And eventually Amazing Fantasy, I think, was was Spider-Man. And eventually either the character got spun off into their own title or that title had its name changed to Thor, Iron Man, whatever, uh, Ant-Man, whatever yeah, 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 and, and you know, like, like one of my, my, actually, my very favorite comic book as a kid was Devil Dinosaur, and it was like this red dinosaur that was was ridden by this cave woman, and it was like on a a different planet, and and it had dinosaurs and monsters and aliens and stuff, and it was really good. I loved it, and you know, no one really knows about it except maybe die-hard comic fans. So oh, no, it's, it's, it's had a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah, oh, a little bit. Oh, there, 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 was a, there was a modernized version set in the modern day, but that's a long story. Oh, oh, that's oh, modern day. Oh, I wish they would just go back to what it was. Um, but I'll have to check it out at the comic book store if I can find it. But um, the, so, so, yeah, so, you know, there, there's... So when they made the Hulk, they may have not thought it was going to catch on, and that's why they were sloppy too you know um and and as as people who listen to this podcast are, are saying i thought you guys were going to talk about the she hulk that's why i'm listening it's like well it's just the rigid story right i mean the, the real episodes of the she hulk are, are really going to be coming up the next eight episodes i think um i think we, i think we've kind of beaten this and sometimes it's good i think to sometimes get the background some people may be interested in it a yeah. lot of people are not i don't think we're going to have to go into all of this again Right in later episodes. So no. Um, yes. Before I forget, I have to ask Michael one other question. Yeah, something about Titania, right? Wait. So in the from what I'm I'm aware of, and I could be wrong or whatever, but there's a point because I think there's two versions of Titania. The one version was actually created by Doctor Doom, where he actually gave her her superpowers, and so I'm wondering if this is a way. Because we keep getting the hints that Doctor Doom's coming some way somehow, if this is a way of kind of like seeding for his arrival down the road, 
it, it's maybe I think like Ultron, right? In, in Age of Ultron, um, in the comics, Ultron was created by Ant Man, but they hadn't introduced Ant Man yet, so they just made him created by Tony Stark. I don't know what their plans are for Doctor Doom. They obviously have the rights back to Doctor Doom. And while Doctor Doom is primarily a Fantastic Four villain, he is a villain that is an arch villain in the, the Marvel Universe that can that has fucked around with every character that's there at some point or another. If only because every writer at some point wants to write a Doctor Doom story. Um, so they can. I think he may. I think there's a chance we'll be seeing Doctor Doom before the end of the year. In another Marvel film, hmm. yeah. but that's that's my own that's my theory, and other people's I've found have also have the same basic theory. Uh, but I that might just be a hint; it might be a full reveal. We don't really know, and, and we could be also completely wrong. So there's that. I don't think they're gonna. I don't know if they would introduce him here. Titania's like that. Such a she's basically strong woman right that's like her yeah. role <laughs> evil strong woman that's her role in the marvel universe she has or i mean i can't speak to how they developed her but when i was reading the comics and with her in it in like the 80s that was basically it generic evil strong woman you needed an evil strong woman for your evil supervillain team you'd got titania you know um you know so I think she's a little bit more malleable because anybody could make her give her superpowers and maybe the, the company on trial, like I said, so like, like yeah, or something. Yeah. It could, it could have done it. So it's possible. It's possible that they'll put little hints here and there, just sort of like they kind of gave us Kang the conqueror in Loki without officially giving us Kang the conqueror in Loki. And we know he's going to be a major villain in the upcoming, uh, movies. So, um, in fact, if, Avengers five and six, they've already kind of told us that. And he's in uh, Quantumania too, isn't he? And he's the main villain in, in Ant Man Quantumania, which comes out in February, I think. I believe so, yeah. So yeah, so they could. Um uh they they could do it. I just I don't know. It's a but it's a, it's a, such a it's it's such a generic origin story that I think it could be almost anybody who does it. Um sort of like the, the Scorpion and Spider Man is created through an experiment that was funded by J. Jonah Jameson, but really anybody could have funded that experiment. It doesn't necessarily have to be him. Yeah. You know, if they want to do that character. Yeah. And, and, and they may go that route. Um, but I mean, you know, they, they need villains, right. For the She-Hulk and, and they decided to go with Titania. Um, at least for the first five minutes, uh, I mean, the last five minutes of this episode, whether she'll play a big part going forward, or this was just like a little cameo to show um, what's going to happen with She-Hulk and how she will now become a superhero and stop the, the bad people or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, it'll be good. It'll, it's, a, it's a good question. I think, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Well, I think, think even just like the quick design they gave her in the, the court scene was good because from what I've seen of her pictures from the comics in the eighties, it's, they did a pretty good job <laughs> of transferring it over. So that's nice. It's like a touch the, the attention to detail that they have is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not feeling like this is all just, just like one of like a filler show. You feel like, right. you know, these people are actually like, they're looking into the stuff They're They know their details and stuff. So like, 
each of these shows actually matters. Sean, let me ask you this. How did you know that that was Titania? Because I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think because well, I knew they... Jamila. Uh, I can't think of her last name right now, but I knew she was playing Titania. Oh, okay. Definitely. And so yeah. then when I saw her, okay, I'm like, yep, that's cool. And then I, that's when I was like, well, I wanted to look back into some of the background that I could find on the, the internet. So, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that makes, that's, that's fair. Um, because uh, I, I hadn't, like I said, I went in bl- completely blind uh, to the series, even if, if I'm a, a big fan of, of the character, um, she Hulk, I, I just decided to go in completely blind and just, it, I don't know why. I mean, I do that anyway with all films and TV anyway, Mike, as Mike knows, I should say, but, um, also with all the weird negativity that was coming out and also the pro she Hulk stuff and you could, and no one had seen the show except for two minute, uh, trailer. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out and until the show comes out and I'll just watch it. So, yeah, I was trying so, to go down to rabbit holes though. So when I'm watching stuff, so some of it's good information and some of it's just wasted. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that, you know, I mean, I, I didn't even know it was Titania until right before this episode when, when you talked about it uh, offline. So there you go. Um, let's see, uh, anybody want to talk specifics about the origin story and like how, uh, um, like, yeah, there was another, here's another one. And I guess we have to bring it up because it's related to the origin story and and it's part of the comedic element of the banter between the Hulk and the She-Hulk is, um, pre-release people were saying oh my god they're making the Hulk look like an idiot and the She-Hulk so much better than to in everything whether it's throwing stuff whether it's uh balancing herself whether you know yeah, see, this, this is why you have to stop listening to the people you listen to because this is somebody looking no, for no, a thing well no no i didn't listen to it this is just shit that i saw you know through social media that just pop up in your in your feed yeah you but, these are, but these are the trolls you know, yeah, yeah. That's, I did that's feel that's like the they were making her look more powerful. I mean, it felt that well, way. Well, no, like I don't they have show, a problem like, if that's what they want to do, but it, it felt that well, way. Well, they show that they show Hulk throwing, like lobbing a rock. She hurls it further, and so he says "fuck you" and throws a, a boulder into orbit. Yeah, right. uh, she does the hand clapping thing. Well, he does. Wait, but she he does one lap, which is a classic Hulk move, and she can't replicate it so but she does make little mini right. sonic booms so she but, finds an adaptation a way around it it's not making her better it's just well well i, I don't even mean different. better I, I don't even better they, they're making i i guess the the, the the weirdo trolls weren't just saying oh my god they're making her stronger and better but they were also saying that they were making the the, the hulk uh imbecile and her you know running uh, laps around them without that would be because, that would be valid if they were talking about Thor. However, I think I think the Hulk is same, or, at least, or at least the Thor still that, the that, same as he's always been. Yeah, and the, the Thor in the comic book is a little different than the Thor in the movies, as we know. But but yeah, I think but, even in the movies they start to make Thor into an idiot. That's um, what I'm saying. Really well, in, well, in the that comic actually book. really bugs me, but I yes. don't think they're doing that with with the Hulk. Uh, the no. Hulk. I think it, I think it was just 
to be funny. I mean, because, yeah. you know, the Hulk, the Hulk just throws a rock to show, look, you have being to learn human. how to do this. And yeah, then she shows, oh, I can already do that. And it's like, oh, whoops. So, yeah. well, you know, so I don't, I don't think it was trying to say woman, better man, or man. Imbecile. Well, but that's how, I, but I saw those same kind of comments and that is exactly, these are the people who complain and have been complaining. It's no longer, it's not the MCU, it's the MCU. Because oh, they're upset that God. they're giving female characters a lead role in Marvel films and TV series. And it's annoying. They're, so I'm complaining about it with Ms. Marvel, with Captain Marvel, with uh, WandaVision, you know, it's, uh, Black Widow. It's, it's, these are lame trolls. They're, a lot of them were jumping on this based on the, the snippets they took out of context for a trailer. short teaser trailer. And they're they're not. It's not worth. It's not worth because if you watch the the whole thing in context, it's a back and forth game yep. between the two of them. And sometimes Bruce has the upper hand, and sometimes she gets the upper hand. And I want to remind everybody, it's her fucking series. Right. <laughs> she's she's the focus. <laughs> so to answer the age, what what uh, uh the age old question that uh, I remember a fan asking at a comic convention. Who would win if X fought Y? And the and the answer to that was it depends on whose book they're in and who the writer is. Yeah. <laughs> if Hulk fights Thing in the Hulk's book, Hulk wins. If Hulk fights Thing in the Fantastic Four, the Thing wins. It all depends on what the writer wants to do, right? This is not like Ali versus Mike Tyson where there's no. some <laughs> reality to it. It is literally just whatever the writer wants to win is the one who will win and oh, so they show that the woman is more flexible than the giant hulking muscle muscle man. Whoa! What a shock. <laughs> yeah, that's what a, a shock. shock exactly. <laughs> I thought that they did such a good job though of making it fun, showing how different she is from Bruce. Just her own personality and character yep. are not yep. Bruce. So right. like, and it's a contrast. Was a, yeah, it's just exactly that, right? And if they want to so. start in 2023 filming the next Hulk film, the fact that Bruce has discovered that. Jennifer doesn't have a multiple personality problem and he does, maybe that'll be a thing that kickstarts his own journey to discover himself in a way. Right. There you go. It'd be nice. So they had some more Hulk. Right. And just got to wait a year. They can't start filming until 2023. Right. Yeah. Now I, now I I understand why there hasn't been more Hulk. I was like, why aren't they doing? Yeah. Because you know, he's always a side character or a quote unquote, Side yeah, I, I saw I saw people complain. I don't know saying why, why didn't Thor: Love and Thunder do as well as Thor: Ragnarok? And my first answer was no Hulk. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, well the first, answer why I didn't yeah. go see it is because they've made Thor into an idiot, and I'm tired yeah. of seeing that. Yeah, uh, and they've made him into yeah. They really did not do a good job with him there. I mean, I yeah. don't want to see him as an idiot. So well, right, right. I, I, we we all know him from the from the comic book, and it's like this is this is not the Thor we know, and it's kind of strange yeah. that they did that. I, I don't know why they did that. Yeah, and, and they got a great actor to play him too. So it's like, why well, do yeah. that? I mean, and and he was awesome in the first film. The first film was incredible. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. Well, the problem um, is there's a there's a whole story arc for that character from Ragnarok. Actually, really starting with the first Thor film, but especially yep. in Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame, and it felt like they wiped that out. They just ignored that character arc completely, right? Because they had this thing where he could have saved the universe and he didn't, and he so he has this 
uh, a massive guilt complex. guilt <laughs> complex and inferiority complex and survivor's guilt. And he finally redeems himself in Endgame and gets reminded that, you know, even if he screwed up, he's still worthy. And so that should have gotten rid of a lot. I think a good example of that is they, they do this, uh, the moment in which you probably saw in the trailer where Thor is chained up in front of a, a crowd of gods, an arena of gods, and Zeus flicks away his to 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 see his identity and flicks his clothes away and leaves him standing there naked in an arena. And he's clearly upset and bothered the fact that he's standing naked. Whereas the Thor that I know would probably just a bit reveling <laughs> in letting everybody see what he's got. Um, I think that that should have been a moment to play up his arrogance, not his insecurities. But um, anyway, we're completely far afield. I think, are we done with She-Hulk? I think we're done with She-Hulk. I think we're done with She-Hulk. Yeah, for episode one, yeah. Um, all right, so we got good stuff uh, coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, uh, you know, and, uh, and the first one was pretty good. I, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it was an origin story, as as Mike said. You know, that's 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 just repeat over and over. But you know, they have to do it. They did a good job. They got it out of the way, and. And, uh, you know, now we, we, we there was nothing. The... Yeah. There was nothing in this episode that would make me not want to watch the next episode. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I love this episode. Uh, it was yeah. really good. Um, it's what I want out of something fun, some serious and uh good story. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was good. Good. Uh, superhero, uh, TV show. Episode. And it was a quick watch. It oh. didn't feel like it dragged or was, you know, like it was. It yeah, I, I was actually bummed. I wanted more. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, let's talk about the uh, end credit scene. That, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, oh, yeah. That was another joke, too. <laughs> the, the whole thing about the booze, like, like that, because uh, they don't unaffected by booze so they can drink it up but when they turn back to human it's like oh that, that, i guess we, it affects us when we're humans so that was kind of funny too but yeah let's let's talk about uh that end credit scene that was kind of funny because everybody should know that to go to and i'm assuming they're going to do this with all the episodes and uh which is they'll have an end credit scene that you don't want to miss but uh explain it Go ahead. It was it was good. They start talking about Captain America, and cause she had been you know talking about he can't be that great or whatever, and so she's trying to get out of Hulk if he had had sex. He's um, a virgin or something, right? Right. Well, she was also <laughs> talking up about his his butt too, right? Like how sexy right. he was, yes. what a waste it was. <laughs> and eventually, the Hulk just kind of says. Oh yeah, he had sex back in blah 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 during this time period. During the USO da- tour. Yeah, during USO tour, <laughs> and then she just crows about it. It's pretty awesome. And well, she also faked out because she was pretending she was more drunk. Yes, and that was she was acting too, drunk. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they cut off right at the last second when <laughs> she's about she to say that. the f bomb. <laughs> he, he got effed or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had my six and eight year old watch it. Um, there's two swears in the film, not counting the the cutoff. Uh, 
in the episode, not the film. Well, um, there is another funny moment where she flicks him off, where he pushes that's her off true. the cliff. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was hilarious too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dick move was great. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could argue, you could say that's a third one too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, but oh, and also uh, Sean mentioned offline and and. Uh, to me, a couple of days ago, yeah, the the rock T-shirts, but those were yeah, awesome. So like Jennifer had the Led Zeppelin and uh, Bruce had the Nirvana. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. kind of like little nice touch. Well, and yeah. but this was that was a hallmark for Tony Stark, right? So yeah. that was a place that he helped build. So it's a callback there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah, and and, and it. Uh, makes sense that those shirts are both the Hulk shirts, right? Because the Hulk, um, uh, she's wearing his shirt. The Led Zeppelin shirt's actually his shirt. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, um, they got around the issue of um, uh, a couple of things, which is uh, female nudity and I guess um, the, the, the male gaze by... Um, immediately introducing spandex and we see that in the trailer too um so when she turns into the she-hulk we won't see the, as much skin as you would in a comic book um and so that solves that problem where they don't have to worry about trolls saying look at their sexualizing and all that crap and um when they do have a ripper suit or, or, or um, yeah, so it's, a, it's a business suit. It, in the courtroom, to get around from it ripping like really bad, where we would see cleavage and bellies and all this other stuff that are really no big deal because it's just the human body, but people think it's all sexualizations whenever it's a woman. Um, they make a joke out of it, like, I love this suit. I don't want it to ruin it. Oh well, I have to, and then they they do show it rip at the seams, but nothing um, to uh, pay pay notice to it because eventually she has to immediately you know take down to Tanya. So yeah, so I think they got they that they got around that I worry from trolls, and they're probably different types of trolls than the trolls that were hating the show before it came out, but most certainly. Trolls are trolls, and they all suck. And so they got rid of that. Yeah, there um, was um, actually an old joke in um, uh, in one of the Peter David run of the Hulk comics where someone stumbles upon a box of extra large purple spandex pants. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, because again, the running joke is that you know Hulk always explodes out of his clothing except his pants, and the pants were always purple. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and so when, when you. Well, that was really just a practical callback, right? Is the idea that, yeah, and yeah. most of the Hulk, of, with the exception of the time that She-Hulk was with the Fantastic Four, her costume has always, always basically been a spandex exercise outfit. Exactly. Yeah, 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 and and especially from the time period, right? It would be the the exercise outfits from the eighties. You know, it was that right. Type. The the, yeah. the uh, God rest in peace, Olivia Newton John. Let's get physical. Yes. Except without the except without the leg warmers and the uh, headbands. No. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, thank God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, um, uh, you know, I mean, it, and it is funny too because again, there could have been attack for the male gaze. But as we we see, the Hulk, you know, he he he's shirtless a lot of the time, so he, you see a lot of his skin. 
and that's no big deal. But if if the She Hulk had, had the skin, the the you know with because of the backlash over the the past four years or so of of the male gaze, um, it, a lot it, like it would, the last Dark Discussions meetup. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Get a, lot, it. a lot of people. A lot of shirtless people. Yeah. Shirtless people. No, it was a joke, Phil. Just never mind. Just... Oh, okay, okay. I thought I thought we were all pantless, Mike, not shirtless. What are you talking well, about? Well, in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I oh, thought that's... you guys were pantless. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you guys. Uh huh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Hey, pantless too. So uh, these are the comedy stylings I'm missing out on, right? Oh yeah. Well, you'll hear a few of them on on the episode when when we release it the the live episode <laughs> or, or, or on on site episodes I should say. So, but but yeah, two... oh. no, I was just gonna say uh, we, we, they've at least. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the producers already know the the difference between a half naked man and a half naked woman, and the the male gaze issue that is one of the talking points right now for a lot of trolls. They, they just wanted to avoid that right off the bat. And they, and I think they're going to, uh, you're going to say something, Sean. Yeah, no, I was just going to throw two other things. Uh, one of Mike, it's you guys had touched at the start. The, the one I liked was like the, the little touch of Ultron, the little nod to Ultron. When, when they're at uh, Tony's place, that was cool. And the, the whole idea with the Sakarian ship, and what it could mean or what it could bring for down the road. So I thought those were really nice things to throw in there. Well, as Hulk says, they have a way of finding you. Like the, these yes. things have to happen, <laughs> not the alien specifically, but that just bad trouble. things have a way of <laughs> trouble find you. So I think Jennifer's going to find out she can't just, uh, well, she did right by the end of the first yeah. episode that she, she can't, can't just, just walk say, away. <laughs> yeah. so. Indeed. Yeah. Um, all right. So anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Nope. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, we, we talked longer than the episode, but again, we're, we're talking about a lot of the backstory of the comic and, and things like that. And, and not just the story topic, because again, it, it was pretty straightforward episode. We were, we were talking more about the, uh, controversies and, and comic book, things and, and where they may go with that story so so we, we talked about a bunch of different things um so uh next week uh we're gonna be hitting the main story and, and get into that the thing is is this is an interesting show like some shows are where they don't give you the name of the episode until after the episode's been released so we we, we don't we can't give you uh, the name of next week's episode. Uh, we're going to come back uh, to record uh, next Sunday and hope to have the episode out uh, the following Monday. Uh, so again, every um, episode will will come out probably approximately four days after it, it airs on my, uh, Disney Plus. Our podcast will come out four days after talking about that episode. So uh, let's go around once more and uh, talk about our, our thoughts uh, on um, tonight's uh, discussion, you know, the, the specific episode and, and what we think the, the show is going to go and all that. So I was happy, Barrett. I think this is going to be a fun show to watch. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where we go. Um, I would like to see more, more Mark Ruffalo, but I'm imagining that he's probably – not going to be in too much more. Um, you know, he's probably a pretty expensive actor to have. Um, 
and I just don't expect to see him much more. But they do have really good chemistry, so it'd be nice to have him. All right, sounds good. Sean, what do you got? Uh, I was just going to say that uh, I really enjoyed the first outing. I thought it was fun. I thought it touched the bases it needed to for the origin stuff to let us, you know, get going. And uh, as you guys have touched on before, I really enjoyed that uh, banter and rivalry stuff between uh, Bruce and Jennifer. So that it's established now so that whenever they do get back together or whatever, that you've got that stuff to look forward to. So that's cool. Um, and for all the issues or whatever that was complaining about the CGI, it's not terrible and it didn't detract from enjoying the show. So I thought it was a really good first outing and looking forward to seeing where we're headed. All right. Sounds good. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I, I was very, very uh, happy about the episode. Um, uh, based off of uh, trolls, both, uh, I guess I'll just go, I guess all you can say is what they are politically, whether they were left trolls or right trolls, um, they were all wrong. Uh, so I had low hopes for the episode. I, I, I was telling Sean like a week and a half, I think it's going to be terrible after what I've been reading. And then once to all the, the pre-releases of, of uh, the four episodes and people were saying, we can't give our reviews but we can give our first thoughts and they were saying it was awesome i was like suddenly excited again and sure enough um the show was awesome uh uh i obviously like to uh use a lot of hyperbole and offline i I told mike this show is epic and and so maybe that's a little hyperbole but but it is awesome show so it's really good and um i i like it i love the character um she, she's one of my favorite um, fictional uh, characters in uh, genre, and um, I think they, they hit it out of the ballpark for the first episode. Uh, let's go for you, Mike. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think they, the main thing is they got the casting right, or seem to have. Um, this is a, to me, kind of a, a, a disposable episode. This is a, like I say, kind of get the necessary stuff out of the way, introduce the character, and the creation of the character to the audience. And then we hopefully can play around more in the future. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they explore the uh, metaphysical and existential issues that trouble the human soul in forthcoming episodes. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's the thing, Mike, as the running joke, uh, not really a joke anymore on the dark discussions podcast, the main podcast of the network. We say, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. And, um, as we, we, we know, uh, even if, if a lot of this stuff, genre stuff is for fun, um, they are still art and people try to throw in important aspects of, of life and whatnot, even if, um, they're winking at us in some in some cases by having aliens and ghosts and superheroes and whatever. So I'll take your your line there, Mike, as half truth. How's that? That works. All right, there you go. All right, so uh, that's pretty much our uh, discussion uh, on uh, episode one of the She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Uh, a normal amount of rage is the name of the episode. Our podcast is She-Hulk, Avenger of the Law, a Marvel podcast, which can be found anywhere 
podcasts are found uh, under that feed, but also the Dark Discussions podcast feed where you can hear all our other podcasts. If you're, you like what we discuss, uh, you can listen to our discussions on movies and things as well. And then uh, you can find it directly at darkdiscussions.com. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much it. We will be back next week. Hopefully you'll join us and hopefully you are enjoying our discussion. We do want to hear you from you at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or press the uh, contact us link on the menu on darkdiscussions.com and we will uh, read your email on the podcast. Make sure to put She-Hulk in the subject so we know it's for this podcast and not one of our other podcasts. Also, you can join us at Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook feed where we talk all things genre, uh, including uh, the She-Hulk, Marvel, as well as horror things and science fiction and fantasy and whatnot. Um, and that's pretty much it. So uh, I guess with all that stated, Mike, why don't you lead us out? All right. Well, uh, this this probably ran a lot longer than I was expecting, but thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, found some of the behind-the-scenes stuff interesting, and uh, hopefully next week we can stick more to what She-Hulk is actually doing on her own TV show. But uh, until then, uh, enjoy your life. We'll see you next week. Being a superhero is a trial by fire. Who's going to protect the world if not people like you? I'm Jennifer Walters. I'm a lawyer. I have great friends. Can we get some shots, please? It's an emergency. A demanding job. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you to be the face of it. And a frustrating family. Because we didn't ask for this, but you still got to deal with it. Your transformations are triggered by anger and fear. Those are like the baseline of any woman just existing. Oh. Ruth, kind of feels like if I don't transform, I'm gonna die. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. I just want to be a normal, anonymous lawyer. Can you tell us where She-Hulk is? Jen, you're a story now. Your ass looks crazy right now. You could be an Avenger. Oh, I'm not a superhero. That is for billionaires and narcissists and adult orphans for some reason. Is there anything more depressing than dating in your 30s? Yeah, this is the best date I've had in a while. Oh. Should we split some fries? Let's get those to go.